I V M. Folks, welcome to Paisa Paisa. I'm your host Anupam Gupta B50 on Twitter, and I hope that all of you are staying safe in these very tough times. And as always, a big thank you to all the doctors, all the policemen, all all the delivery guys, the medical staff, everybody on the front line who is fighting this war for us so that we can stay safe at home. My guest today, Nimesh Shah, head of investments at BNP Paribas Wealth Management, is going to be talking to us about asset allocation during these really volatile times. Now, if you've been looking at the stock markets, if you've been looking at the debt markets, you've been seeing all kinds of things happening. Uh, for us on the Nifty, I think we went from twelve and a half thousand all the way to seven and a half thousand, and now we are at about nine thousand. In percentage terms, that's like minus forty percent plus twenty percent, and all of that in what less than one month or two months. So that's a lot to deal with. Similarly, on the debt side, we've seen some very weird things happening. Um, thankfully, it happened towards the end of March, which in any case is a bit tight on the on on the liquidity side. And then there's of course you know what happened with oil. We are recording this uh, on twenty first April, and the news of the morning or rather last night was that oil futures were negative, which is that people. I can go into technicalities, but it's just something that's really weird. So, in this kind of an atmosphere, in this kind of an environment, what exactly do you do with your investments? You know, for some it could be an opportunity, for some it could be a crisis. But to have a very structured approach around your asset allocation during these specific times, asset allocation in any case is a very good concept. All of us should stick to it and have rules and a framework towards it. But during these times. When you're seeing once in a decade things happening, it becomes more important. I'm really thrilled to have Nimish, uh, who's the head of investments at BNP Paribas Wealth Management, to help our listeners, all of us, to figure this entire thing out. So, Nimish, thank you so much for uh, for joining us today. Let's just start with this. You know, maybe we can just put a small description or small understanding for our listeners: ki what exactly is asset allocation, and this entire concept of tactical strategy. You know that we had spoken about just before we started recording so let's start from there hey uh, thanks anupam uh, for this and uh, you know like what you mentioned uh, earlier uh, uh, staying safe uh, whether it is health or your investments uh, that's important and uh, that's where uh, you know asset allocation uh, kind of uh, you know helps uh, investors uh, to be relatively safe uh, basically the asset allocation in terms of uh, the strategy means that one has to look at their own risk uh, appetite and invest uh, in uh, you know uh, investments uh, which are uh, you know related uh, as far as their risks are uh, which are not correlated as far as the risks are concerned uh, so that really kind of helps to diversify your portfolio across various asset classes which in turn uh, kind of uh, reduces the risk so uh, broadly you know asset allocation uh, as has as has been understood can be divided into two aspects one is the strategic or long term asset allocation and uh, second one is the tactical or short term allocation so uh, strategic would mean uh, typically you know uh, with a 3 to 5 year view especially on equity uh, and uh, tactical would mean probably you know 6 months to 1 to 1 and a half year of view as far as uh, tactical uh, or uh, you know opportunistic asset allocation is concerned so uh, 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 you know asset allocation does play an important role uh, to ensure that uh, you are not uh, you know overly invested in one particular asset class 
Uh, and uh, secondly, you're also understanding the risks which can emanate from investing into a particular asset class. So that's where it is important to understand that. And that typically helps uh, your uh, portfolio to be uh, less uh, risk covers uh, than uh, what other uh, you know uh, uh, portfolios can be if the asset allocation strategy is not followed. Fantastic. Thanks, Ramesh, for that. Um, you know, for making us understand the concept of asset allocation and the difference between sta- between uh, tactical and strategic. So, just give us a you know an overview of what exactly has happened. A lot of us have you know we had a lower circuit day in the stock markets on 13th March and on 23rd March. Um, then towards the end of March, there was a huge liquidity crunch. I don't know how much of that is seasonal and how much of that it was unique to what we are going through. And then, of course, now we've got this oil event. So could you just give our listeners a very brief backdrop of what exactly is happening overall in the markets, whether it is equity, whether it is debt, in the backdrop of global events? You just give us your take on that. Sure. So uh, if you look at the uh, global events, uh, the way they have panned out, uh, you know, what started with, uh, you know, the pandemic issue, uh, in a very short period, uh, you know, at that point of time, uh, we had uh, two black uh, swan events. Uh, one was definitely the, uh, you know, the epidemic of uh, COVID-19 actually becoming a pandemic and uh, WHO declaring it to be so. And second one was in terms of the, uh, you know, oil prices itself at that point of time where uh, the price war started uh, purely because uh, the OPEC could not reach to a conclusion as far as the cut in production is concerned. Uh, the uh, uh, you know uh, the the rapidly falling demand in oil uh, uh, you know necessitated that uh, the uh, you know oil uh, uh, producers uh, cut their uh, output uh, and there was no agreement on that and therefore at that point of time we had this uh, double swan effect where in March the markets uh, kind of uh, you know saw the bottom circuits uh, uh, purely from the point of view of uh, you know uh, the uh, uh, the expected uh, losses uh, to the global economies. Uh, due to the pandemic and also from the point of view of the effect uh, of oil, which is one of the largest commodities uh, as far as the world is concerned. So that is what uh, really kind of triggered off uh, the the uh, sell-offs that we saw. And uh, this being a global event, uh, which is kind of unforeseen, uh, uh, you know, in terms of hitting multiple countries at a similar time. And unlike what we have seen earlier, whether it was 9-11 or whether it was, uh, you know, the financial crisis, which was restricted to a particular country, or restricted to a particular uh, sector of the of, of a global economy. Uh, this is something which uh, the markets were caught totally unaware. And that's where I call this as a double swan effect uh, that hit us, uh, you know, first time in history. Great. So, Nimesh, now let's get down to asset classes. Okay, we're, uh, folks, we're going to talk about just equity and debt on, on this episode. So, Nimesh, let's start with equity. What's your broad view on that? Uh, you know, what... What exactly has happened? What is what is happening right now? Maybe some kind of an outlook on the future. Let's let's just start with equity. Sure. So as we are all aware, uh, you know, the markets uh, kind of fell by almost about thirty-eight to forty percent uh, uh, from the peak of almost about forty-one thousand nine hundred that we had seen in January, uh, and all the way down to about twenty-five thousand nine hundred. That's on the sensex. On the on the sensex, yes, uh, and uh, that fall which we saw uh, kind of rebound in a few days, uh, and uh, currently we are seeing the markets uh, at around uh, thirty thousand to thirty one thousand. 
so uh, you know uh, from the point of view of uh, overall uh, carnage which has happened uh, this is one of the sharpest fall in the shortest time that we have seen uh, which has resulted uh, in this uh, panic creation as such uh, and uh, from that perspective uh, you know uh, uh, the broader aspect is more in terms of the uh, valuations which are there available but again uh, valuations uh, when you are getting into valuations it is important to understand the the expected earnings because uh, you know valuations are earnings uh, are slaves of the earnings and if earnings are not going to come through then the question is in terms of are the even the current valuation good enough so uh, we believe that uh, you know overall uh, while there is a sharp correction uh, in the prices and therefore uh, the valuations uh, uh probably uh, you know uh, we could uh, see some more uh, pain come through uh, you know as and when the results uh, quarterly results of the companies are declared not for march end but for june end so uh, you know we believe that the disruption in manufacturing disruption in services uh, so you know almost about 70% of the economy is uh, non functional and uh, that will have a big effect uh, because we are already uh, into you know uh, into close to about one month of uh, of a kind of national lockdown and uh, depending on how uh, things move forward and how the lockdowns are eased uh, you know the earnings definitely uh, will take a, a while to kind of uh, turn, uh, revert back so this uh, uh, markets definitely provide an opportunity to get in at this point of time but uh, uh, is this the bottom uh, that is a question which uh, will uh, also depend in terms of how uh, you know the uh, the economy moves and what is the government action uh, and comfort uh, towards uh, handling the covid 19 situation uh, and therefore when the industry can start when uh, you know uh, the services uh, will normalize and even if they normalize uh, you know there are certain industries uh, which will have a much longer term impact for example aviation tourism you know multiplexes restaurants uh, you know uh, uh, construction so these are the industries which will probably take much longer than uh, other industries to kind of revive so it's going to be a wait and watch as of now and uh, so we are not uh, you know uh, uh, optimistic at this point of time on equity hmm. but we are surely kind of cautiously optimistic in terms of uh, buying uh, uh, where we feel that uh, you know valuations are justifying the possible earnings with the next uh, one year or so okay so you have a wait and watch policy right now and i think that makes a lot of sense given that the lockdown itself is not over and uh, at least as of now and it's going to end on 3rd may but obviously we don't know whether it'll be extended after that or how there will be uh you could call it a lift off or you could call it whatever you want or how the economy gets back into action so nimesh talk to us about that what exactly happened out there because we saw something that we don't see very often you know the, you had a few liquid funds you had a few i don't know ultra short funds which were supposed to you know which in concept and in theory are supposed to ensure that at least your capital is safe returns might fluctuate which is fine but on a couple of days in the end of march i think some you know uh, a couple of unusual events happened just walk us through what exactly has happened in the debt market and how this will pan out in the future so debt uh, market as everyone knows uh, is also kind of uh, you know the returns are uh, inversely correlated to the uh, uh, movement in the uh, interest rates so uh, you know as and when the, the interest rates rise in the economy the returns will uh, kind of uh, go down or uh, you know can also be negative as what we have seen uh, and uh, when the interest rates go down from the current levels then uh, you will see capital appreciation coming into your debt funds 
Now, having said that, March is typically a month, uh, even otherwise, where there is a lot of liquidity squeeze uh, from the point of view of uh, the uh, you know tax payments and also from the point of view of uh, the uh, you know overall uh, settlement of accounts uh, which the corporates get into. So, from that perspective, uh, we have always seen spike in uh, the interest rates towards uh, you know the uh, uh, you know second half of march and that typically also what uh, would have happened uh, but to add to that we also had this effect of uh, fear uh, which was there and therefore we saw a lot of withdrawals also happening uh, and uh, uh, you know from uh, liquid funds uh, and from that perspective uh, it kind of spooked the markets uh, where uh, liquidity was squeezed and uh, therefore the interest rates went up uh, giving uh, kind of negative returns uh, for some period of time but that that was a one-off, and that is not something which will affect uh, because uh, 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 you know typically liquid funds and money market funds, uh, where most of the uh, corporate liquidity lies, uh, you know, is are quite uh, uh, efficient to bounce back uh, as and when the interest rates uh, stabilize, which happened in a couple of days uh, post uh, this uh, you know event happening. So that's that's where the debt side on the liquidity uh, is concerned. But also uh, worrying is in terms of the uh, the credit aspect of uh, of uh, fixed income um, uh, investments, which is there. Got it. Folks, we're going to take a small break out here. On the other side of this break, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about specifics, how to approach equity markets and how to approach the debt markets in terms of what to do. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. My guest, Nimesh Shah, Head of Investments, at BNP Paribas Wealth Management. We'll be right back. Folks, welcome back to this episode of Pesa Vesa. We're talking about asset allocation during this crisis. So my guest, Nimesha, Head of Investments at BNP Paribas Wealth Management. In the first half, we spoke about his general take on what's happened so far on equity markets and in the in the debt markets and as well as the concept of asset allocation and tactical strategy. Nimesh, welcome back. Let's get into specifics now. So within equity markets, you know that, you know, it's a huge space. Uh, you could look at it in any which way you want. You could look at it in terms of uh, large cap, mid cap, small cap, or for a lot of us now, um, since we are also investing in mutual funds, you could look at it as, as active investment and passive investment. So depending on the products that our listeners choose, Let's talk about what are your views on the equity side of asset allocation. Sure. See, uh, when we talk of asset allocation, like what you have discussed earlier, uh, broadly, you know, uh, it has uh, asset allocation as two sides. And I will come to, uh, you know, why each side is important. Uh, One side of asset allocation is in terms of the investor side where, uh, you know, you understand the risk of the investor and uh, not only his risk uh, profiling, but also in terms of his risk aptitude or the attitude towards risk, uh, which is quite different from generally saying that, you know, I am a moderate investor versus saying that, you know, I can kind of uh, be okay with, a you know, X amount of loss on my portfolio on a, on a, a single given day. So understanding that risk aspect is one side of uh, uh, the asset allocation coin. And the other side is in terms of the market risk. So the market in terms of risk and the valuations which are available uh, is the second side of the asset allocation coin. And that's where combining both uh, is where, uh, you know, there is an advantage uh, as far as asset allocation is concerned. Because asset allocation, uh, especially when you introduce a concept like tactical or opportunistic asset allocation, it will actually help reduce the risk rather than uh, take a you know uh, uh, increase the risk because sometimes what happens is that if you don't reallocate then you are running a higher risk 
then uh, you know kind of uh, uh, allocating and moving out to different asset class or different sub asset class at a given point of time because of the underlying market volatility or the underlying valuations which become either attractive or unattractive so okay. that's background uh, i'm ha huh, i just wanted to just ask you a couple of questions more on that background because i found what you said really interesting you spoke to us about the asset side could you just help right. our listeners with something on the investor side in your experience you know what are the different kinds of investor risk that you have seen because this is something that happens once in a decade or i don't know actually um so in you know to the people that you talk to your clients or all that how what's been their view or how have you seen investor risk so far i'm asking this question to you because you know uh, we started the show in 2017 and i'm sure that you've also been seeing that the the monthly sip flows into into the market since then or at least in the last 2 3 years has only increased so could we just explain this investor risk concept a little bit more to our listeners sure so uh, you know uh, uh, as a uh, you know broad concept uh, investor risk can be categorized into you know very conservative conservative moderate aggressive and very aggressive now uh, you know uh, depending on the uh, uh, you know the risk taking capability uh, in terms of uh, you know how much uh, uh, loss of return or loss of capital can an investor bear is something which will define in terms of how much risk uh, a investor should take on his portfolio so typically you find uh, you know uh, uh, you know saying that uh, you know your uh, uh, you know your asset allocation into equity uh, should be probably uh, you know 100 uh, minus your age uh, well that's a rule of thumb but uh, you know typically uh, you know the uh, the asset allocation should be based on your risk taking capability and here uh, you know what we have found is that uh, you know while uh, uh, with a longer term perspective uh, clients are quite comfortable uh, you know sticking uh, to their particular uh, risk category say for example i have uh, you know said that i am aggressive investor or a moderate investor about uh, you know one year back uh, or even six months back but now if you ask me again having seen this volatility the investor psychology comes into play and i tend to be more risk averse than what i was six months back and that is what sure. is actually hurts asset allocation where instead of taking advantage of the current situation you actually kind of uh, you know withdraw and uh, go more safe rather than uh, kind of taking up uh, advantage of the opportunity which is available as far as your valuations are concerned so seeing a mark to market loss on a portfolio so on on uh, day 1 or you know when the circuit set we would have seen uh, after that uh, 30% 40% drop in portfolio value but the bounce back has been equally sharp we are seeing a 20% up i am not suggesting that the markets you know will have a v shape recovery or a u sure. shape recovery uh, but the the idea is that uh, you know uh, the risk profile uh, should not change with the volatility in market the risk profile should change only if there is a situational change at your end so for example if you have got inheritance and suddenly your risk profile may increase or if you have a liability which has come on and your risk profile may decrease so that would be the reasons why you should change your risk profile and not because of what the market uh, condition is great now let's get into the specifics on the equity side sure so uh, you know uh, when we are talking about equity if you look at uh, the overall uh, you know uh, broad uh, markets uh, which we have discussed earlier uh, we are definitely seeing a lot of uh, uh, you know uh, volatility which is uh, increased and uh, we have seen the vix that is volatility index also kind of uh, jump up uh, considerably in the past uh, one month 
uh, so uh, you know uh, uh, on equity side uh, like if we break down uh, uh, you know into three major uh, you know kinds of uh, uh, you know equity investments possible uh, which is in terms of uh, large cap stocks uh, mid cap stocks and small cap stocks so uh, you know uh, and as uh, as we have discussed on the risk side of it uh, you know surely small cap stocks will carry higher risk than what the large cap stocks will carry so we, what we have seen right now is that uh, the large cap mid cap and small cap all have seen a massive uh, fall and if you look at data as of a few days back then all, on an average all the you know three indices have fallen about 20 to 25% uh, from uh, from the peak which was there in january uh, or mid of january uh, you know uh, as as such so uh, so uh, that so that from that perspective all of them have become attractive uh, but uh, importantly uh, you know uh, uh, what is uh, to note is that uh, uh, you know uh, the uh, uh, the in, in whenever there is a, a situation where we have seen uh, a sudden downturn or sudden uh, stop in the economy uh, it is generally the large caps which revive faster uh, and uh, that's where uh, you know they have the capability also to kind of uh, meet the challenges which the economy is posing and therefore their capability to bounce back in terms of business and therefore earnings is much better than compared to the small cap and mid cap so uh, you know if, if one is looking at allocation right now definitely we would say that tactically one should allocate uh, you know larger amount to uh, large cap but one should also understand that it should not be a zero allocation to small cap and mid cap because historically uh, small cap and mid cap have always outperformed the large cap by almost about uh, you know 200 to 500 basis points or 2 to 5% so uh, you know your allocation uh, should be across uh, these sub asset classes uh, with large allocation uh, probably more than 50 60% uh, or uh, you know close to 70% to large caps at this point of time and then uh, look at uh, you know uh, uh, small cap and mid cap also as far as uh, valuations are concerned so to give you a perspective uh, if i look at last 8 years including uh, the uh, you know uh, 2020 uh, up till uh, say uh, 15th of march mm-hmm. uh, then uh, you know the uh, mid cap uh, index uh, you know uh, would have uh, given a return which is about uh, 14 and a half uh while uh, the large cap has given about uh, you know 9 and a half or 9.8 okay so uh, you know so definitely there is uh, uh, this uh, you know variation in return which is there and that's where uh, you know uh, understanding your risk and uh, not uh, kind of making the mistake of not investing into uh, you know mid cap and small cap also is very important at this point of time one should not be fearful and stay away from that sure and that of course will depend on your investor risk profile also what nimesh had spoken at the start of the second half of uh, of our recording today great image so you, you have spoken to us about large cap mid cap small cap i think that's very useful for uh, for us let's talk about this from a active versus passive strategy okay because um, i think last 3 4 years the awareness of passive products has increased a lot of people are now interested in probably looking at something that's simple easy to understand and uh, low cost so just tell us your views on active versus passive in the equity space sure so uh, in fact uh, active versus passive can be best understood on the equity space uh, purely from the point of view that uh, you know uh, the results can be kind of uh, quite uh, quite different uh, uh, the the point uh, is very important to understand that uh, you know uh, uh, active management uh, uh, in uh, uh, developing economies or active management in uh, in markets which are not as efficient uh, compared to developed economies or uh, you know uh, efficient markets so uh, that's where the difference lies so inefficiency in the market being 
relatively larger in India compared to other developed markets is where active investments may still hold good for some years to come. Uh, inefficiency, I would mean in terms of uh, the uh, you know the depth of the market. So if you look at it, uh, even amongst the index stocks, uh, we have seen that uh, pre uh, the run up to 40, 42,000, uh, 41,000 of uh, index uh, on the Sensex uh, was largely led by about you know ten to fifteen stocks. So beyond that, even on the index, the liquidity is different. Similarly, if you come down to mid cap and small caps, then the liquidity is quite quite uh, you know low compared to what is there available in the <clears throat> in the developed markets so the point which i'm trying to make here is that uh, you know uh, uh, I- there is inefficiency in terms of price uh, uh, not so much in terms of information but this price inefficiency definitely uh, kind of you know uh, helps uh, active fund managers to exploit uh, uh, these kind of opportunities which are available and therefore give a longer term better return uh, compared to passive management to give you a perspective, uh, you know, if you look at uh, last uh, eight or uh, eight and a half years of return on a, say, a large cap fund versus, a, say, Nifty 100, right? Mm-hmm. The difference is about 1% per annum. Wow. So it's a it's a big difference. If you look at uh, mid cap funds, right, the difference is almost close to about 1.9%. And if you look at small cap funds, I'm talking about a universe of anywhere between 25 to 30 funds in each of these categories, uh, then uh, the difference uh, comes to, uh, you know, very much of uh, almost about 6%. Okay. So uh, that is the reason, uh, you know, why uh, we are kind of uh, uh, recommending that, uh, you know, one should uh, look at, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, active investments uh, to a large extent in India, because that's where the alpha will be created uh, compared to a passive investment. Passive investments are good, like what you mentioned. They are more cost-effective, uh, but uh, definitely, uh, you know, passive investments uh, uh, will uh, uh, kind of uh, have their own uh, issues regarding, uh, you know, following an index and not having that much opportunity. So they, you may have only four or five uh, indices available, while an active fund manager can go across uh, the uh, you know asset class uh, spectrum uh, or market cap uh, spe- spectrum and invest uh, accordingly. So uh, according to me, uh, given the current situation in India uh, and the state at which India is as far as uh, the efficiency in the market and the ability of, uh, you know, uh, of the fund managers, uh, uh, we could definitely look at, uh, you know, active investments more than passive investments. Passive investments can be part of a strategy, uh, but definitely, uh, you know, they will uh, tend to mute your returns uh, with a longer term perspective. Okay, great. Uh, last question for the show also. Um, what's what, what would be the specific strategy on the debt side. We spoke about equity. Let's just wind up uh, this recording with the debt side of our investments. Sure. Uh, debt is, I think, more uh, kind of difficult to understand purely from the point of view of, uh, you know, uh, uh, the uh, uh, the information availability and the correction which has happened. So if you look at the correction in the equity market, like what you have talked, uh, is very apparent for everyone to see and uh, it's, it's all over. But fixed income market uh, generally kind of, uh, you know, uh, the uh, especially because given the, uh, you know, uh, the current economic situation, not only in India, but globally, uh, we are expecting that, uh, you know, the uh, the effects of that will probably be seen in the medium term. In the medium term, I would mean in the three next three to six months, uh, rather than, uh, you know, kind of what you're, what is happening apparently kind of visible right now uh, purely from the point of view the uh, the effect of uh, you know not being into manufacturing or not being into service for more than a month uh, will surely have impact uh, on uh, on the uh, co- corporate uh, bottom lines and top lines both 
and to that effect it will definitely uh, lead to uh, you know kind of uh, uh, credit rating agencies reviewing the uh, rating of these companies and therefore impacting the quality of portfolio or impacting the returns on the portfolio so it is a possibility that we will see in the next 3 to 6 months more downgrades than upgrades happening in the economy and uh, from that perspective uh, it is uh, we are kind of cautiously pessimistic on debt side where uh, we would uh, urge investors uh, to make sure that uh, you know the credit risk which they have invested in is very well understood and uh, it is within the risk which that they can take and uh, uh, risk can come across uh, you know the sectors uh, because uh, this uh, uh, you know pandemic has not spared any sector uh, and like the sectors i mentioned earlier uh, definitely they will see higher risk compared to other sectors okay himesh on the debt side now i just have this one question because our listener base is really so diverse and varied some of us might have a job some of us god forbid might not have a job uh, some of us might be just looking out for work so our liquidity needs can be a little bit different especially in these very uncertain times on the next i don't know maybe 6 to 12 months so do you think it makes sense for us to just have i don't know maybe set aside some money in some kind of emergency fund or what would be your views on that and what would be a good place to keep that money so yes uh, in terms of uh, because of the uncertainty uh, you know uh, definitely it makes sense even otherwise uh, in, in normal times to keep aside uh, you know a few months of uh, income uh, aside as uh, you know uh, as emergency or uh, rain check money and uh, that is something which can be kept either in money market funds or liquid funds uh, and uh, you know which can be kind of uh, accessed without any penalty uh, uh, you know at uh, at a day's notice and that will definitely help uh, you know uh, uh, investors uh, kind of uh, to feel the comfort uh, and therefore uh, you know having set aside that money uh, the rest of the money can be looked at a different perspective otherwise generally what happens because of fear if you don't have that money set aside you will look at the entire portfolio in a similar manner with a similar risk and therefore uh, to the suggestion that you have made sure. yes uh, you know x percentage of your portfolio can be into liquid and money market especially for the next 3 uh, to 6 months uh till the time uh, there is more clarity on how the economy and the uh, uh, you know uh, global queues pan out great and that is exactly what we are all waiting for more clarity on how the economy and therefore our lives will pan out over the next i don't know 6 12 months i have no idea how long this is going to last it's not good for anybody whether you are in india or whether you are in the us or anywhere in the world for that matter that's why i hope that all our listeners are staying safe staying at home and taking a lot of care of themselves and their loved ones that is a wrap on this show the asset allocation during this crisis special my guest himesha head of investments bnb pariva wealth management himesh thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the show thank you anubhav No material on the show should be considered as financial advice. The material on the show is for informational purposes only. Please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision.